Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Tennessee, I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is the dynamic co-host of the show, Miss Bobby Jean Bell. Good morning, Bobby. <laughs> Good morning, Gary. Dynamic. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Are you feeling dynamic today? Oh, I'm always a dynamite, you know. I'm always dynamic, yes. <laughs> 
Oh, gosh. Well, I tell you, it has been terribly hot back here in Middle Tennessee and in Nashville for the last couple of days. We've hit a heat index of about 108, and it finally cooled down a little bit, but they tell me it's going to come back again about Saturday. So how's your weather out in Albuquerque? Well, you know, our weather here is really quite nice, Um, and I love that in the late afternoon, it's sort of cocktail time clouds kind of roll in, and sometimes there's thunder, and sometimes there's a little rain, and uh, we like to go sit on the patio uh, under the covering there and kind of watch and listen, and um, I kind of like that. The other thing is it is warm here. But, you know, we moved from California where our air conditioner was about 40 years old. And um, anything over about 80 degrees, it really struggled. And this house has a great air conditioner. <laughs> Thank goodness for air conditioners. So, you know what? Bring on the heat. We're, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I kind of like that, that cocktail time in the afternoon. That sounded pretty good, too. So, yeah. anyway. <laughs> We have we have a fantastic show today, and uh, who's our first guest? I'm so excited. One of our very special friends and a New Mexican to boot is going to join us in a moment, R.W. Hampton. <laughs> and then who do we have in the second hour? In the second hour of the show, we're going to be talking with Marsha Sapp down in Florida, and uh, I guess we'll have to check and see how their weather is down near Tallahassee. But uh, she has probably the most well-known Mustang in the world, and that's a horse called Cobra. And we're going to find out more about Cobra and how she got involved with the wild Mustangs and what she's doing there. But that'll be in the second hour of the show on Saddle Up America. But right now, let's kind of kick things off for our visit with R.W. Hampton with a great song of his. It's called Don't Tell Me. It is from the CD, The the, the Last Cowboy. My Cowboy, My Country (laughs) is the series of albums, and we're going to take a listen to that right now and come back and talk with R.W. in just a moment when we return on the Campfire Cafe. Saddle my horse in the darkness, ride out in the morning dew. I want to breathe some air that's never been breathed. I want to drink the wine of freedom, toast the good ones that we knew. I want to count a million stars and think of you. Want to see one more hometown rodeo or his hats off for the flag. We'll cheer that bucking horse in the wild ride. I want to shoot a hole in my TV set and let the silence ring on through. I want to count a million stars and think of you. Don't tell me that the West is dead and gone. My poor heart can't stand to hear that subtle song. If you're saying that you missed it all, I bet that you're wrong. Don't tell me it's dead and gone. Want to see one more Charlie Russell print? 
some old sail barn to bay Where the old men over coffee tell their tales I want to ride out with a wagon Smell the scent of springtime sage I want the wind at my back on down the trail Want to see suntan, cowgirl cheeks And long braids neath her hats Want to hear the summer rain on the roof At a country dance Then we'll ride out our raging storm Till the light comes shining through And then I count a million stars And think of you Don't tell me that the West is dead and gone My poor heart can't stand to hear that sad old song If you're saying that you missed her all I'm betting that you're wrong Don't tell me it's dead and gone Don't tell me it's dead and gone Legacy Radio Network. We just heard Don't Tell Me from the CD This Cowboy, performed by today's featured guest, R.W. Hampton. R.W. Hampton's life is guided by his faith, his love for his family, and his desire to share cowboy life with his audiences. One of the leading Western entertainers in America today, his fans come from all walks of life. He's loved by cowboys, cowgirls, ranch hands, and rodeo stars, but also by people who have never seen a cow up close like me. His voice and songs resonate with audiences worldwide. R.W. is today's voice of cowboy music, blessed with a wonderfully rich baritone voice. He has a quality of genuineness about him that resonates when he's on stage, in person, or just through the words of his song. Over his storied career, he has been honored with every major award presented by the Academy of Western Artists, the International Western Music Association, and he has received three prestigious Wrangler Awards from the National Cowboy Museum and Western Heritage Center. Home is the Clearview Ranch, south of Cimarron, New Mexico, and when he's not headlining cowboy concerts, that's where you'll find him doing the ranch work he loves. Please welcome back to Campfire Cafe, a dad, a husband, a rancher, and an award-winning singer, songwriter, entertainer, but even more importantly, a man known for his steadfast patriotism, his family values, and Christian beliefs, and our good friend, R.W. Hampton. Welcome, R.W. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How you doing, sir? (laughs) I couldn't be doing better. I tell you what. When I'm talking to Gary Holt and Bobby Jean, it reminds me of the old days of Bill Mack and Sweet Marie. I don't know whether you remember them. Aww. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, man, you guys are just wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, I was thinking this morning, R.W., uh, we started this with our musical guest seven years ago and you were one of our first guests on the show yes sir and um man i tell you what i don't think you've gotten any older but i sure have (laughs) (laughs) here's the deal my 
my mind is still pretty much the same, but when I look in the mirror to shave in the morning, and uh, I have uh, collected... My hair is turning gray, but at least it's not turning loose, and so that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, I know what you mean. I know what you I mean. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah. I was also thinking this morning. You know, we've talked a lot about a, a lot of different things over the years on the show. Yep. Uh, yep. You you used to cowboy before you started doing yep, music. But do you do you remember your first paying gig? Well, yeah. Um, unofficially, I was working as a as a cowhand in this part of the country, and I was under 21 years old. And I used to go with the older cowboys to a place called Vera Saloon at the St. James Hotel in Cimarron, New Mexico. And I'd go in there with them, and Vera would come back and serve the guys, and she'd look back at me, and she said, you got to leave. And <laughs> so I had a buddy named, I had a buddy named Randy, and uh, it got to be almost uh, a comedy thing because she she knew she would be back there. We didn't want to drink. We just wanted to hang around with the older cowboys. But um, finally she told me, she said, I know one way that you can come in here. And I said, what's that, Vera? She said, if you'd come down out of the hills on a Saturday night, and if you bring another cowboy with you that's over 21, you can sit here and play the guitar, and you, we'll put a jar out, and, and, and all the money that goes in that jar, you, you can keep. And so oh, wow. um, I got, there was an older cowboy. He was an old, old-timer. I think he was like 23 or 4, and um, <laughs> he <can't, laughs> He came down with me, and um, I played on a stool and sang, and at the end of the night, I got $8.50, and I thought, wow, man, I can put, I can more than fill my pickup up with gas with this deal, see? And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a great story. That's a wonderful were, hotel, yeah. That's a pretty yes, cool it is. story, too. Pretty cool yeah, story, we, too. We, Yes, sir. We we eat at the St. James a lot of times on Sunday after church when when we're when we're around. We travel a lot, but uh, and then I went back to regular life for a long, long time, and uh, it was years and years and years. And um, I played around for a lot of uh, cattlemen's conventions and different things like that, where they just paid your expenses and. Uh, Don Edwards was a dear friend. He and I connected years ago, and he jumped up to another level of the business, and so he handed a lot of the oh, – he said no to a lot of the things he was doing and referred them to me. And so things mm-hmm. kind of started picking up after that. Well, that is pretty now, cool. I know, I know Gary had an idea for today that we want to sort of review your career and play um, music okay. that spans it. I know. I just want to uh, ask you one question. Um, sure. You did some work. You did some work in film, and um, yes. and I know that you you had the opportunity to work with Richard Farnsworth. Absolutely, and Ben Johnson. Yes, and ma'am. Ben Johnson. Can you tell us a little? I, I met Mr. Farnsworth several times at the Autry. What a delightful man! Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Absolutely. Um, 
I had the opportunity in 1985. They called me. Uh, uh, it's a longer story than I can tell, but the shorter version is, is they called <laughs> me and said, R.W., we're doing a CB, CBS movie of the week. It's a modern-day Western called Wild Horses. It's starring Kenny uh-huh. Rogers and Pam Dauber. And Pam had just got off the Mark and Mindy series, and they said, mm-hmm. uh, we want uh, we want you, and I've done, I've done this before in a TV special, and, and so they said, we want you to do what you did in the TV special in the movie, and we want you to sing Ghost Riders in the Sky and on a, on a log by a campfire, and then Kenny's going to sing a song. And I said, that's great. I'll do yeah, you betcha. I'll, I'll I'll do that. And they said it'd take a few days to do it, and we'll take care of you and pay you and everything. And then they and then they called me back and told me said, look, um, we got to thinking we cannot have you at this campfire unless you're in the rest of the movie. And we got a lot of riding to do and some fighting and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, uh, do you have about a month you can give us? And I said, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I said, by the way, who's in this movie, uh, you know? Uh, and um, they said, well, uh, there, there's Kenny and Pam, and then there's Ben Johnson, Richard Farnsworth, and Buck Taylor. Oh, my and gosh. I said, well, I, I think I probably did. I swallowed pretty hard, and I said, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll be there. Yes, and, and <laughs> those, those, were, those were giants in my book. And yeah. I'll never forget, I flew from... I flew from Amarillo, Texas, to Denver, and I went from my gate from Denver. We were shooting this in Sheridan, Wyoming, and in southern Montana. And I went to my gate, and they're sitting there with Ben Johnson, Dick Farnsworth, um, and a stunt coordinator, a fa- very famous stunt man by the name of Dave Cash. And they treated me like I was just one of them. And, oh, that's uh, great. Uh, one of my favorite stories, I could tell stories about Ben Johnson and Buck Taylor, but you mentioned Richard Farnsworth, who I knew as Dick Farnsworth. Mm-hmm. We were, um, they were, we had a couple of days off on the film, and we were staying at the Holiday Inn in Sheridan, Wyoming. And um, I was sitting there in my room, and my phone rang, and it was Farnsworth. He said, uh, R.W., what are you doing? <laughs> I said, well, I said, Dick, I'm I'm just trying to figure out what to do. We got the day off. He said, Me too. He said, Well, I'm trying to quit smoking, having a hard time with it. Why don't you bring your guitar down to my room? I, I I've got a bunch of coffee and a little bit of whiskey, and we'll sing some songs. And uh, <laughs> so I went down there, and we we wow. spent probably just hours and hours and hours, wow. and uh, told me things about working with um, Howard Hughes and all the different people way back in the movie industry and uh, just had a great time. And, of course, he's gone. And I've, I've since then I've become a, uh, good friends with his son, Diamond Farnsworth. The Diamond, yeah. He's a Diamond. very mm-hmm. famous stuntman. And yeah. uh, he's also the, the stunt coordinator. He did the JAG series and CSI and all that stuff. But right. Uh, right. what a fine, fine man. And I learned more about how you treat fans from Ben Johnson and Dick Farnsworth and Buck Taylor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. great, 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 yeah. great memories. Yeah. Great, great uh, memories. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. I've I've had the pleasure of meeting Diamond many times too, because of course a lot of yes. that took place right in Old Town Newhall, where our store used to be. Yes. So, um, and he would he and his wife would come to our concerts and just wonderful supporters of Western everything. 
They certainly <laughs> are. They really, really that are. That is great. That is great. Well, I'm going to tell you, we kind of promote promoted the show today as the best of R.W. Hampton, but uh, yeah. I don't know that you could get all of the best of R.W. Hampton. <laughs> so what I'm doing <laughs> is going back through some of your great CDs and picking some of the songs that I really liked. So maybe we could promote this. Maybe we should have promoted this, some of Gary's favorite songs from R.W. Hampton. You know what? <laughs> I bet I bet however you pick them will be just fine with me. Well, the first <laughs> one we want to get to, or I guess the second one, because Don't Tell Me was the first one, but the, the uh, second song we want to do today is one called Silver Trails, and that is from oh, the yeah. CD Troubadour. And how long has it been oh since goodness, you've heard I... this song? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're going to make me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, I hasn't it? Down memory lane. My good friend, Gary Brown, produced that album. I bet it's, um, um... I I bet I haven't listened to it since we recorded it. And I, what Gary a beautiful Brown. song. Yeah. Oh, well, let's take a listen Brown to Silver Trails. Album. Yeah, let's take a listen to Silver Trails and come back let's and listen. walk down memory lane a little bit more with R.W. Hampton today I'll on the Campfire Cafe. If you don't mind. <laughs> Go right ahead. All right. trails on the prairie winding over the hills not a care or a worry it's so peaceful and still got the moon for my pillow and the stars overhead deep an old whipping willow that's where I'll make my bed The wind is whistling through the sagebrush tree Bright stars are shining up above The birds are singing pretty melody Their little song of tender love Now that I've made my mind up Never more will I roam I know I'm going to wind up All the prairie, my Mind up, 
<laughs> well, if folks want to go back and listen, just go back into our archives and pull up November uh, 27th, I think, was of 2014, and you can hear the whole thing. But a great song from that CD is one called Autumn Melody. And uh, we're going to play that one right now. And then I'd like R.W. to tell us a little about the one-man show that he did called This Cowboy History. I I sure will. And that's one of my favorite songs that I've written. I don't do it very often. But um, I'll just say quickly that I had an old cowboy that I rode with a lot. And um, he died. I thought it was thought it was old i'm the same age that now he died at 62 years old he was horseback and the lord took him home right out of the saddle and i wrote that song wow well it is a beautiful song let's take a listen to autumn melody from the cd the last cowboy his journey there's a lonesome feeling in my heart tonight Something that I've never felt before A restless voice is calling From a distant range A chilly wind is whispering At my door When singing in the cottonwood tree Red and gold are showing in their leaves And autumn melody is telling me it's time to move on Geese are flying south, they sing a lonesome song My heart keeps telling me you won't be here long And autumn melody is telling me it's time to move on on, on, time to travel on, on a little further down the line. Gone, gone, I may be standing here, I'm already gone in my mind. I know it's winter, a man should settle down. At home in camp, far away from town And autumn melody is telling me it's time to move on On, on, on beyond the distant hills Far than the forest canyon Like a summer dream Out where the dimmest trails Grow dim The sun's a-hanging low And so alone I'll ride With nothing but my shadow Loping by my side And autumn melody Is telling me it's time To move on And autumn is telling me it's time to move on.
Paula D. The last cowboy his journey is the CD. And uh, can folks still get the CD? They sure can, Gary. I apologize. I'm reaching for my third Kleenex now. I think after after what I told you, you can understand what the song's about. And uh, yeah. Gone, gone, yeah. just like a summer dream. And uh, but yes, you can still get that, and uh, you can order the songs off of it off the website or the whole album, or you can you can call our place and I forget whatever. Go to the website. That's a, you tell me to go to the website. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. well, I'm going to tell you this wow. this this whole CD is just abs- absolutely great. Yeah. Uh, so many songs My, that I could could have selected from that Texas and the springtime and you is a fantastic oh, song. Yeah, that's one of my favorites that I wrote. Yeah. Yep. Pre- Preacher and Deacon and Precious Memories. Yes. Is a, is, I mean, there's just so many great, great songs on this. And uh, like well, I said, you. when I started that, listening, I couldn't stop. I just had to sit there and listen to the whole 22 cuts. And uh, it's a great CD. So tell us about your show that you did. Well, it's a one-man play. I haven't done it in quite a while, and I need to get back to it. Uh, My brother came up with the idea, uh, along with a great playwright out of uh, Dallas, Texas, David Marshall Marquis, and my brother Jeff Hampton. And uh, it involves some stories that I already knew, like Preacher and Deacon. I I had heard that told to me uh, a long time ago. And um, I and then I wrote a bunch of songs, and uh, my brother had this idea of a play, and so we went to the playwright, and and he put it in play fashion because um, dramatically plays have an arc to them. They have a, a start and they uh, arc, and then they have a finish and a resolve, and a lot, a lot like a lot of movies do. And um, so. Um, we were doing this play, and um, what it what involved is the story of the cowboy from the start to the finish. And the cowboy, as you listen to the, if you see the whole play, the the album is high points of the play. But if you if you listen to the whole play, the it's a kid that left East Tennessee when he heard that Lee signed the uh, signed off to Grant at Appomattox. And he he borrowed a mule or stole it, and 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 found his way in Fort Worth, Texas. He made the great trail drives up the Chisholm Trail, and he lived through the fencing of the West, and he lived through the Silver Screen movie era, and uh, up until the modern times. And then we project him into the future, and the play kind of leaves. You know, the cowboy has the, there's there, there there's so much the best of America is embodied in a hero called the cowboy. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, we've been doing the play and my wife, God bless her, said we should do an album. And I said, you know, I, I can always think of about a hundred reasons why we can't. She said, we can do this. And she produced it. She was the executive producer and Rich O'Brien was the, you know, the, the producer in the studio and um, during, if we didn't, we won an, uh, an award from the Cowboy Hall of Fame for uh, excellence in dramatic presentation. 
and they made up that category just for that project. And so wow. we've always been honored. The Cowboy Hall of Fame uh, honored it, and the Smithsonian Institution honored it for its accuracy depicting the cowboy. And so, um, yeah. But I tell you what, man, um, I could have took a few of me more Kleenexes I got here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you go ahead and sniff while we get to the next song. And, okay. uh, and, and I, and I, I will right encourage on. I will encourage folks that are listening today, uh Get this CD. You will absolutely love it. That's the last cowboy his journey, and uh, and it is absolutely great. But right we, now, we RW, sell a lot of them at our at, at our live shows. We still sell a lot of them. Yes, yeah, one of our, one yeah. of our best. Well, it is a good one. It is a good one. Here's another great song, and this is from okay. the CD "Always in My Heart," and it's one yeah. called "Cowboy and the Queen." So let's take a listen to that and come yeah. back and talk more with Mr. R.W. Hampton, with his Kleenex. Barney was a looker, she came from way up north. Her beauty and old traveler brought her Guess he won her heart just the same. Now Bonnie was the queen of the sisters' rodeo. She'd turned many a young cowboy's head. But she loved this old cowboy from Texas, so I'm told. She gave her sweet love to him instead. And they'd hold hands as they Pray 
R.W. Hampton, Cowboy and the Queen, from the CD, Always in My Heart. And if you are listening today, whether this is the first time you're hearing R.W.'s music or you've been a longtime fan, you know you need every single one of his CDs in your library. There, there is not one not to have. <laughs> one of my favorites is, is the one on Oklahoma, but, you know, uh, every one of them, you need to have them. So, R.W., I, I have another question yes. for you. Sure. So, Junie Fisher has written a great fiction book that's not really a Western, but, you know, she's right. been exploring and doing phenomenally well with writing. Uh, Dave Jamie yeah. has written a wonderful book about his music that I just devour. Uh-huh. So when when are we going to see uh, something from R.W. that, um, you know, y- you need to do it. Y- you need to write a book. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I've been told that, and I'm supposed to be writing a blog for or whatever you call that for Cowboy and Indians magazine, I write uh-huh. with a pen on a yellow legal pad. And so well, that's okay. it is, I never did learn how to type. And I can text, like be there in three minutes or something like that. But um, <laughs> but anyhow, I, I pro- yeah, I've been approached about doing that, but it seems like the story's not finished yet. And um, so I, I'll do something sometime. I enjoy uh, writing little short things. Um, there's parts of my life that have been very painful, and um, I don't mind sharing them. But um, you know, it's kind of like opening up a vein, and you're, in, you mm-hmm. know, opening up an old scar. But um, there's a lot to be learned. I've learned a lot, and I learned some of it the hard way. You know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, I, I think you're. Whatever you would decide to write, whether whether it was uh, fiction or whether it was more of a memoir or it was like Dave's book, a little bit behind each of the songs and then tied together, you know, I just think that you you are a treasure, and um, and and we need for future generations to know we need to know you and we well, and, and we and we pre- need to do it you know while while you can <laughs> well i understand i and and i i'm going to really take that to heart and think about it if i wrote a book the star of it would be a man my best friend named jesus christ yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah well mm-hmm. you you've got an interesting life but you have a great great catalog of music and, uh, well, and we're trying, trying to share a little bit of that today and and, and you know we, we just couldn't get all of the music into the show but one that no. uh one that i love is one that's called wherever you are and that is from oh, the yeah. austin to boston cd which is yes. one of my favorites austin to boston and um i kind of stretched out on that one a little bit and did some things that were different you know but uh yeah wherever you are yeah let's take a listen to that and come back and talk more with rw hampton today right. on the campfire cafe and miss bobby bell i could live in one room in the city Where each skyscraper hides a million stars 
I just want to be wherever you are. Where I lie down to sleep doesn't matter. Just as long as I wake up in your arms, I just want to be wherever you are. Wherever you are, that's where I want to be. Just let me love you That's all I need Wherever you go No matter how far I just want to be Like one sparrow follows another When the winter sky is turning dark I just want to be wherever you are If I had all this world had to give me I'd have nothing if we were apart I just want to be Wherever you are Being with you Is more than enough I don't need a view From a mountain top Music Awards uh, Festival and Show 
there, but uh, I, I remember recording wherever you are, and uh, I just reared back. I closed my eyes, and I think about my Bonnie, my Lisa, and uh, it's not hard to sing a love song when you think about her. <laughs> uh, gosh. Well, again, that is a great CD, and uh, and we're kind of rolling up to more current material now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you did a you did a, a series called This Cowboy and then My Country, and this is from right. the CD My Country. This is another another great song from R. W. Hampton called Cimarron. And uh, oh, let's yeah. take a listen. Let's take a listen. It is like a wild and beautiful woman with the Blowing through her hair And it comes to me In my dreams And I find myself Wanting to be there Cimarron I see you there below 
beckon me with your soft hello. Simmer on, simmer on. From you, I've been long gone, but I. And that kind of sounds like home, R.W. Yes, sir, it is. I I wrote that when I was 19 years old, and uh, I was a young cowboy. And life, as you know, life was everything was in Technicolor. And these old mountains that I'm looking at, you know, right now, the Sangre de Cristos, the Blood of Christ Mountains, and uh, just all the magic and enchantment that I felt. That's probably the second favorite song I have ever written. Well, it is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. I yeah. was a big Marty Robbins fan, and I think you can probably hear a little bit of that of Marty. You can. You yeah. can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been so much fun to just kind of travel yeah. back and, wow. and bring bring out some of the songs from the great, oh, great goodness. CDs yeah. that you've done in the past, and and we'll have to do this again. We got to do this again, and I'm going to. I will. I am warned. I will go to town and get me another box of Kleenex next time because, uh, wow, we 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 went down memory lane in some precious moments. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so many great memories that you've had to share with our audience you and, and uh, in your life. Well, let's tell folks where they can find all of this great music. And find out find out where you're going to be performing next. How can we well, do that? Well, you go to the website. Just go to the. <laughs> oh, I know my wife. She's... Tell them to go to the website. <laughs> I guess you can look up rwhampton and find me pretty. There you go. What's that, Bobby Jean? Rwhampton.com. You can get it all there. I've been posting that um, throughout my Facebook post Good. today. So. <laughs> well, you can find it all there, and uh, there's I think there's thirteen or fourteen albums there, and uh, yeah, you betcha. And so, um, help yourself. We we love when people write us and tell us how much our music means. I say our because my wife's an equal partner, but will they write us and tell us how much our music means to them? And uh, uh, just look forward to meeting everybody out there. Where are you going to be performing next, R.W.? Well, we got the Cowboy Poetry Gathering here in Cimarron coming up, and got some Cowboy Churches, and then got the big Walnut Valley, 48th Walnut Valley Music Festival and the big Bluegrass Festival in Winfield, Kansas. And, uh, man, there'll be thousands of people there looking forward to that. And then got a variety of other things, and my next big stop will be Red Stegall's event. At uh, at the at Cowtown in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, well, that'll be, be a lot of fun. 
October. That'll be a lot October of fun. 25th. Well, come back toward Nashville again. I, I, you well, know, we, I will. No, I need to. Yeah, yeah. We've. Uh, I, I'm trying we've to get been, back on the Opry again. I played the Opry and way back, and I, I just that was one of the high points in my life. Back when Hank Snow and Roy Acuff and all mm. them were there, Connie Smith, and I want oh, to get man. on the Opry. So I'll be back. Good Lord. All right. All right. <laughs> Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us today. You've absolutely been great. I have loved going through all this music. And um, we talked a little bit about your faith and how important that is to you. And this is one of the great songs that you've done from, you've got several uh, albums that are are, uh, gospel-type albums. This is one from... Then Sings My Soul. It's called The Shadow of the Cross. And we have been talking with R.W. Hampton today on the Campfire Cafe. R.W., thank you so much. And thank you. And this is my favorite song. I told you about the second most. This is the favorite song I've ever written. But I didn't write it. The Lord wrote it. I held the pen. Well, you did a great job with it. And and he did, too. So thanks again. Appreciate (laughs) you. Sure did. Love All you, right, Father Thank you so much. See you soon. Adios. Adios. Shadow of the Cross, it's R.W. Hampton. In the shadow of the cross, I have finally found some peace. As I journey up the rocky road of life, it offers shelter and relief. Through the mountains and the valleys, it marks the way so I'm not lost. As I travel up this steep and narrow trail, in the shadow of the In the shadow of the cross That's where I lay my burdens down And when the flood of doubts come rolling in It's my place of higher ground God help me to remember That precious blood that stains the tree God grant that I may never forget That precious blood was shed for me In the shadow of the cross Oh, the healing power there Freedom from the pain that life may bring There's only comfort and care For a bright and mighty promise It was there he paid the cost With the best that the master had to give In the shadow 
Different world. 
Lang Run. That's Lacey J. Dalton. And our next guest is Miss Marcia Sapp, and she is the owner of Southern Oaks in Tallahassee, Florida, and has quite a story to share with us today about one Mustang in particular. Hey, Marcia, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Good to have you with us today. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about Cobra, but I'd like to find out how you first became involved with Wild Mustangs. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. I'm a horse trainer. That's what I do for a living. And I'm always interested in the process of training horses and how I can make the process better for each horse and make it easier for myself and basically how I can do a better job. So in 2009, an email came across um, that was sent to me by a colleague about a program called the Extreme Mustang Makeover where horse trainers are given a completely wild Mustang that's randomly selected for them, and you have 100 days to train this horse and then return for a competition um, in order to show off your skills as a trainer. It piqued my interest because I have actually, at that time, I'd actually never seen a Mustang. Wow. Um, didn't, know much, didn't know much about a Mustang at all. Um, you know, I live on the East Coast, so we don't have a whole lot of them here, but I always love a challenge. So that was my very first experience. I, of course, uh, replied to the email, sent in an application, and was accepted for a Mustang makeover in 2009 and was immediately hooked on the process of gentling and training a wild horse. And to me, it was like I was in college. I was learning so much from from just the experience of training a wild horse that I just wanted to keep doing it. <laughs> well, now, was Cobra your first one? Cobra was not my first one. Um, Cobra was the third Mustang makeover um, that I competed in. Um, so he was not the first, um, but definitely he has he has been here for uh, quite some time here at my facility. Well, now, do you know where Cobra came from? What HMA did he come from? Yeah, Cobra was six years old when I got him. That was in 2010 when he came for the Supreme Extreme Mustang Makeover. He came from a herd in Nevada um, called the Bald Mountain Herd, um, okay. which from what, I, from what I understand, that herd is no longer out there. It's been merged into a herd management area called Triple B, which a lot of people today are quite familiar with because it's a very large HMA. Um, but he, he is a Nevada boy. So how did, how did, where did, well, let me back up. Where did you meet Cobra for the first time? So for for that particular year, for the Mustang Makeover, we were allowed to uh, select the horse that we were going to compete on and adopt them up front. That way we wouldn't have to auction them off at the end. So Cobra I saw in a 15-second grainy video clip, and this was back in 2010, um, and he was uh, moving in a group of three other geldings where we were being shown the horses so that we could pick which ones we wanted. So Cobra was the number one pick that I had out of the group of 200 horses. Um, and I remember seeing the video and thinking how regal he was, how uphill he was, and just what a, what a handsome, impressive horse he was, even, even as a wild horse in a grainy video with three other geldings in the video. 
um, he was my number one choice out of the horses available. So he was the horse that I, I selected to compete on. And then I was able to pick him up at the um, Piney Woods, Mississippi holding facility uh, a couple of weeks afterwards and um, met, met Cobra then. Wow. 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 Well, you know, I think today most of the trainers are assigned a horse. So that was pretty cool that you got to pick Cobra yourself. So what was your first impression? You know, my first impression when I met Cobra, he was six years old. Um, He was one of the biggest horses in that group that year. So I was very pleased to see that he was of of a large stature. Large meaning he's 15'2". Now, this is not a 17-hand horse. He is 15'2", but that is quite large for a Mustang. And and I was so ecstatic when I watched him trot around the round pen thinking what a what a wonderful moving Mustang he was too. But I can tell you my first impression when I met Cobra uh, it was something that I was not aware of on the video, and it was something I actually had to make a phone call to a friend to ask about later, is I was not aware that Cobra had a four-digit brand on his hip. Uh-huh. Um, I, and, and when I got him home and got him unloaded from the horse trailer, I thought maybe it was like white paint that they'd put on the horse's hips so that they could be selected from the selection. And it wasn't, it was a permanent brand that he had on his hips. Uh, and it was a four digit number, 4057. And I had to call a friend and say, Hey, my Mustang has this brand on his hip. Do you know why? Do you know why my Mustang has this brand? I didn't know. Um, and that's just how new I was to Mustangs and the BLM process. Um, and I was still learning at the time, of course. And what I was told about that four-digit brand, 4057, is that was Cobra's brand when he was um, deemed unadoptable or a three-strikes Mustang. And uh, basically what that means is they, they there's obviously a lot of Mustangs that are gathered by the BLM. Um, and for those horses that are offered for adoption at uh, three different adoption sites and never selected for adoption, those animals can then, you know, become unadoptable horses and go to long-term holding because they, they obviously they want to move on to the next group of horses that need homes. So Cobra was one of those that received a hip brand as an unadoptable horse. Wow. 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 So you were quite fortunate to be able to secure Cobra and he was very fortunate to be able to be chosen by you uh, because if not, he would have been long, long-term holding somewhere and uh, that is correct. Yep. would never have achieved what he's achieved. So how was it when you started working with Cobra? How different was he from uh, other horses that you had worked with? I think all the Mustangs are, are very different in their personalities. Cobra, I remember very clearly um, the first couple of days of working with him because he, he took me a little bit by surprise. So I, he came in with a, a second gelding. I always take at least two whenever I bring in these horses to gentle them. I think they ride better in the trailer, and it's less scary for them to have a friend. So I had to separate him from the other gelding that he came with. And then I started to work Cobra in my round pen. And uh, I have a 100-foot round pen. It's quite large. There's a lot of space. And I started moving him around, having him trot, having him change directions. And what I noticed is that he started to come closer to me and closer to me, and his ears went flat back on his head, 
and his tail started ringing in circles. He wasn't coming closer to me because he was joining up. That is not what was happening the first couple uh-huh. of minutes. I, I actually removed the flight mechanism from this horse, you know, by being in this round pen. So he turned to the the other uh, defense mechanism that these horses have, which is fight. So my first five minutes of meeting Cobra, he circled in closer and circled in closer, and he actually charged me with his mouth open and his head very low, and I scaled the wall of my round pen to get away from him. Wow. Like, you've never seen a a horse trainer go this fast, and I had to climb out of the round. There was not enough gate. There was not enough time to unlatch my gate. I just scaled the wall. Um, and you know, and the horse, it was just, you know, the, the only way he knew how to communicate to me at the time, because he had no experience with people. Um, but he did charge me. I went back to the barn and I got a plastic bag on the end of a lunge whip to, um, just to create a little bit more space in between me and this horse. And that did work. Um, so then we were able to continue the, the sending around process and, and eventually achieve a, a join up process as well. Um, but it was, it was a very clear memory of my first five minutes of working with the horse. <laughs> I would expect so. I would expect so. Uh, how long did it take to go from from the fight mechanism that he was showing until you finally uh, had some join up? You know, it, it probably took about a week uh, of working wow. with him every day in the round pen, um, sending him back and forth, praising you know, when his feet would stop and turn towards me, obtaining that first touch, being able to get a halter on him um, and, and do all of those things. But, you know, it really, it, it only took a week. It didn't take that long for me to put hands on this horse, to get him leading, and to get him seeing me a little bit differently. So how long did it take before you decided maybe I didn't make a mistake, you know, or, or did that ever oh. cross your mind? It didn't. The, the first day I saw this horse, I knew he was special, and, um, you know, I, I never got discouraged. I knew it would be tough, and even through the first couple of rides, you know, it was a little tough. I had to have someone come in and help me from the ground to send him around. Um, but, I, you know, I, I was never discouraged about the process because I know it was just that. It was just a process, and as long as every day something is getting better, you're moving in the right direction. Wow, wow. Well, I've got to ask now, so how long or at what point did you decide this horse can do dressage? That was actually quite a bit after the makeover. Um, this uh, Kobe trained really easily, and, you know, he was probably my third or fourth Mustang that I had trained. And by the time I got started riding him, he was actually very quick to come around with the riding stuff because he's quite an athletic horse. So we were able to do walk, trot, canter the first um, the first week that I was able to ride him. He was cantering under saddle. Um, he was actually very nice to ride. And probably about 60 days under saddle, we started doing flying lead changes and some lateral work like leg yield and shoulder in. You know, and these are fairly advanced, um, but he found those things quite easy. Um, but, you know, after after the makeover itself, he came home, and um, I, I put him out to pasture for a couple of months. And, you know, I'm a full-time horse trainer, so that means my own horses, yeah, the horses. Um, right. sometimes, sometimes are put on the back burner. 
so I'd pull him out, you know, every couple every couple of weeks and do a week or two of riding, and then he'd have some time off. But later that fall, after the Mustang makeover, probably about seven or eight months out of the wild, I took him to a local dressage show um, just to do something with him. And I entered him in a class, and he was the the – he was the champion for that level that weekend. He uh, received a high score award for the end of the year. Um, and, and he really showed some, some talent for this dressage. And it just planted this little seed that perhaps this is something that I should continue to do with this horse. And, and what a good story it is because whenever people see me in a warm-up ring at a horse show and they see his big four-digit brand on his hip, it's definitely right. a conversation starter. Um, so I really got to thinking that, well, this sport might be something good that this horse can do, but also be an avenue to help to educate people on these horses um, and what's going on with them and the value of the horses as well, because my horse has this huge brand on him that everyone's going to see and everyone's going to ask about and what a conversation starter. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, that is fantastic. So he has he has since he has become the uh, United States Equestrian Federation Horse of the Year. And uh, when did that take place? So that that was awarded in January of this year, 2018. And that's a cumulative award um, for horses, basically their entire career. Um, but particularly looking at performance results for the entire year of 2017. Um, for those people that aren't aware of that award, the National Horse of Honor is a um, nominated award. They nominate three horses for this award out of every sport in the United States. So wow. show jumpers, show hunters, reining horses, breed show horses, dressage horses, every USEF sport that is sanctioned by the United States Equestrian Federation, all horses that have won some sort of national title, national championship, um, are eligible to be nominated for this award. And Cobra was the first time that a Mustang has ever been nom nominated for the USEF National Horse of the Year Award. Um, it's the first time a Mustang's ever been nominated. It's the first time a horse that's ever been in um, Western dressage has ever been nominated. Um, and it's a big honor. The, the horses that get nominated for this, some of them have been to the Olympics. We're talking wow. big-time horses, big-time horses. So it's a real honor for my horse to be nominated for this. Um, the nominations come from people that are board members on, on USEF. Um, and then it's put to a public vote. Um, so the public vote is, is – uh, what lends to the the horse that's that's uh, awarded this every year, and Cobra was awarded this this huge honor um, in January of this year, which is of course the first time a Mustang has ever won this. That is absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. So we have a three strike Mustang that has gone on to win national titles and then become the USEF course of the year so how did that make you feel yep you know it's it's a really it's a really great feeling of course um and it's a huge honor but to me it's just validation that that what i'm doing here is good for horses and good for people the story of cobra is really the story of any 
any little girl in America that owns a horse and they want their horse to to be a champion or they want their horse to have some sort of greatness or they want their horse to have a story written about it. There's nothing more American than Cobra's story. You know, he was a wild horse. It was his last chance. You know, I took a chance on this horse and I'm not an Olympic rider. I'm not, you know, I'm not a rider that's known for anything except for my relationship with this horse. Um, And, you know, for this horse to go from an unadoptable wild Mustang to a horse that's won multiple world championships, multiple national championships, and it's really, like, taught me a lot. I, I think it's a good story to tell everybody because I think it's obtainable. I think it's obtainable for anybody that has a horse, and they, if they just spend time with their horse, they'd be surprised what can happen when you just – like have a dream for it. I think. I mean, this is wow. this is a very, it's a very good story for for anyone that owns a horse because this is obtainable for anyone to do. Wow. So when are they going to do the movie? I don't know. Do you know anyone at Disney? <laughs> I, I know some folks that are in the movie business, so we may have to talk about this a little bit. But, but it um, sounds like a Disney movie, right? This is. This it is does Cinderella. sound like a Disney movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Cinderella horse and and the rider that believed in him. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. There, is, I don't know too many horses that have had songs uh, named after them and videos that have mm-hmm. been produced. But uh, Cobra has, and this song was written by Peter Prince. It's performed by Ronnie Campbell. Let's take a listen to Cobra and come back and talk more with Marcia Sapp on Saddle Up America. Dark Bay Mustang branded outlaw Came to her from western skies A Dark Bay Mustang from Nevada Fear and fire in his eyes Was unwanted, none could tame him Strike loser, why even try? He's much too wild, they said, too dangerous. Nothing but a waste of time. Spoken language. She 
She trained him in the horse ballet The highest art of horse and rider The greatest gift each other gave Campbell and Marsha you were just given another honor you were invited first of all you have a briar horse Cobra is a briar horse isn't he yeah he is he has his own briar model he has his own briar model and then you were invited just a few weeks ago you appeared at briar fest at the Lexington uh, Kentucky horse park uh, for his retirement ceremony so how was that that is that is correct. You know, it, it was a great event. I was very honored to be invited back this year. Uh, my horse, Cobra, was asked to be a Briar model horse in 2017 um, through his performance results and, of course, the story of this unadoptable horse becoming a world champion. Um, and that in and of itself was one of the biggest honors I've ever had as a horse trainer for your horse to be a Briar model horse. But this year um, was the 30th anniversary of Briarfest, and uh, the Briar Horse Company did a special tribute to horse heroes this year. So their whole theme for Briarfest this year was horse heroes. And if you have not been to Briarfest, it is not all about little girls and these toy horses. It is really about encompassing the spirit of the horse. So... Briarfest this year had over 10,000 attendees. It's a really big event. Um, wow. It's a great family event, um, of course, filled with little girls with dreams of horses. And they really did a, a great job this year saluting horse heroes. So there was a lot of military influence there, horses that have provided services. Um, and uh, it was just a, a great, great event for Cobra to be asked to come and perform. And we did his official uh, retirement from competition ceremony at Briarfest, 
uh, which is very special. So we were able to um, to perform for the Briarfest fans um, to the Cobra song that we just heard, um, written by Peter Prince. And I had um, a really special visit from a Nashville singer called Temple. Her, her name is Templeton Thompson, um, and she came a, and a she friend. sang. Yeah, yeah and she sang live the Cobra song during his retirement. So it's not well, special. I, it was special, and uh, and I actually was able to watch the retirement ceremony uh, on Facebook. And um, mm-hmm. it, it was special, and Tempe did a great job of performing that song, but you just absolutely uh, could have brought tears to people's eyes as they watched his retirement ceremony. So that was that was just too cool. That was just too cool to be able to retire him from competition. So what's next for Cobra? So Cobra is, is going to be an ambassador for the American Mustang. Um, he'll be available for special events like Briarfest in order to help to educate people on the value of America's wild horse in order to demonstrate what they can do. He's no longer going to be competing for ribbons or for titles. Um, he's, he's done more than, than I think any, any horse that I know of has ever done. He's won national titles in two different disciplines and he has a Briar model horse. He doesn't, he doesn't need another ribbon on the wall for sure, but you know, he's 15 and, um, and he's very healthy and very sound and we're retiring him from competition, but he'll still be an advocate um, for the American Mustang and a spokeshorse, if you will, for, for what these, these great animals can do. Well, I, I, I think I would be um, accurate in saying I, I know of no other Mustang who is as famous as Cobra is. And uh, what an ambassador he has been for that. Will he be at um, Fort Worth in January uh, for the Extreme Mustang Makeover and Mustang Magic? So that's going to be a surprise. (laughs) That's going to be a surprise. Um, However, let me tell you about the the Mustang Magic event, which, uh, which you just brought up. Um, in Fort Worth in January, I have been invited to a celebrity uh, Mustang Magic event. And this is a new format that um, the Mustang Heritage Foundation is um, putting on during the Fort, Worth stock, the Fort Worth Stock Show, which is at the end of January. Uh, it's a big event. And what they have done is they have invited eight of the top Mustang performers um, in the United States for a celebrity freestyle event. And for a fifty thousand dollar cash prize for wow. this celebrity um, for this celebrity event. So this is not like a Mustang makeover where we are um, competing with previously wild horses after a hundred days. We can select any Mustang we have in our barn. We can train a new one. We can have um, any Mustang that we've previously trained um, in the event. It can be multiple horses, people, animals. Um, so you can expect to see some pretty outstanding celebrity freestyles for this event. Um, you know, we have a we all have a one in eight shot at this this great prize that they've um, they've allowed for us, and uh, you know, all these trainers are going to pull out all the stops for this event. Well, I expect that you will, and and some of our other friends that will be competing in the Mustang Magic as well. Mm-hmm. So that should be a lot of fun. 
and um, we'll get a chance to meet because the Mustang Heritage Foundation has invited me to be in Fort Worth as well. So that should be a whole lot of fun. And um, mm-hmm. now, now you're competing also, you're competing in the Extreme Mustang Makeover there, aren't you? I am. So that same weekend, um, which is the end of January, the Mustang Heritage Foundation is putting on an Extreme Mustang Makeover. And last weekend, we got to select the horses. Um, and just like that video clip of Cobra, I got to go online and look at 200 horses, 200 beautiful horses, and I got to pick. Um, a horse that I wanted to use for this year's competition. So he'll be here in a couple of weeks in September. And um, this Mustang Makeover event, it's the same as the rest of them. We get 100 days to train our wild horses and then show back up in Fort Worth um, to compete against all of the, con- the country's greatest trainers. And that this year's event is pretty exciting. It's a player's choice, which means we got to uh, pick out the horses there is $100,000 in prize money, um, which, you know, is outstanding. And at the end of that event, all of these Mustangs are going to be auctioned off to the public. So, you know, we're going to be able to place all of these horses into great homes. Um, people can come and show up and watch the show and go home with a piece of American history, with, you know, that's, that they've just been able to see compete over the weekend. So it's a win-win for everyone. You're going to be able to see the Mustang magic celebrity freestyle you're going to get to see a mustang makeover and people are going to get to adopt these horses it's going to be a great weekend well it should be and uh uh you could you could come home with a pot full of money from that weekend so i want to wish you the best of luck and look forward to actually getting to meet you uh in fort worth in january i think that's what the 20 20 or so uh, of January. So it should be a whole lot of fun, but the Extreme Mustang makeovers themselves are just great to be able to watch and see what people have done with these Mustangs in 100 days. And the uh, Mustang Magic Celebrity event should be awesome. Awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm so looking forward to that. So um, are you excited about seeing your your selection for the Extreme Mustang makeover for the first time? I am. You know, if it has four hoods and a tail, I love it. So, <laughs> I mean, I know I'll, I know I'll love him when I see him. Um, I did uh, select a uh, blue round gelding um, from Green Mountain, Wyoming. So that's going to be the horse that, that I'll use to compete on. And I, I hope he's everything that I'm, that I'm dreaming and hoping that he is. And, um, you know, it's it's a life-changing event to be able to um, participate in something like the Extreme Mustang Makeover. The people that I have met through it um, have changed my life. The horses have changed my life, and I hope it's made me a better horseman for my clients and their horses, too. I feel like I learn something every single year, and I just want to stay in college. I want to keep learning about these horses and horsemanship and and meet the the really cool people that are involved with the extreme Mustang makeover. Cause they are, they're definitely uh, in a category themselves in, in the best way possible because these people are innovative and brave and kind and they, they want to do something good and they're go-getters and they're talented and uh, it's a group of horsemen that's well worth knowing. 
Well, they really are, and they are passionate about what they're doing and passionate about the uh, goals of finding homes for these Mustangs. And uh, uh, if you like your horse well enough, you may end up with another Mustang at home if you're not careful. Isn't that always the case for me? You know, I'm I'm hard to talk <laughs> out of a horse, that's for sure. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, Marcia, good luck to you in Fort Worth, and thank you for sharing the story about Cobra, and uh, thank you for what you're doing for the wild horses and uh, working with them and helping them to find homes. Look forward to talking with you in January. I'll see you in January. All right. Thanks so much. All right. And we'll be, we'll be right back. And, uh, hey, by the way, Marsh, before you're gone, how can they get in touch with you at uh, Southern Oaks if they'd like to? Uh, I have a Facebook page. It's Marsha Hartford Sapp. Um, and Cobra also has a Facebook page, Cobra the Mustang. All right. So you can just reach out to her on Facebook and get in touch with, the, with her there. And uh, if you'd like to take advantage of her expertise, that might be something that could be arranged as well. But, Marsh, you've been a great guest. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Let's take a listen to this song from Doug Figs. It's called Wild Horses, and we'll be back in just a moment. They were brought here by the Spaniards 400 years ago. Fine horses in a strange new world so very far from home. Some would break free and they called them Los Mestanos. In this wild and rugged land they did roam. And they called them Los Mestanos. The Comanche took to this horse as if it was their fate. And so they realized their destiny. Some horses remain wild in the desert hills and breaks. Mustangs still runs proud and free. The Mustangs still runs proud and free. How long 
and I'm just um, adding a lot of product. I think last week I mentioned uh, ladies' leather jackets. Now there's um, a whole redo of our men's leather jackets under Out West Shop, and then go to men's or go to ladies. And um, we'll be announcing some other fun things we're working on for, you know, coming throughout this year. And uh, it's not too too late or early to start thinking about that change of season. And uh, we were talking earlier with RW. We definitely can feel that there is that touch of fall in the air. So um, a great time to kind of think about what you might be needing. And, uh, and Out West is your source. So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we don't have the touch of fall in Tennessee yet, although about a week <laughs> ago we did have a few mornings that kind of felt like fall. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, well, we, we know it's have, coming. <laughs> it's coming. We still have a few weeks of summer left, but fall is coming, and uh, September will be here soon. So, visit out west and uh, and do your shopping for this fall or for right now as well. But uh, anyway, great show today. Any kind of closing thoughts that you have for us? Um, I have one. Let's see. This is the, um, the author, Henry Miller. We are all part of creation, all kings, all poets, all musicians. We have only to open up to discover what is already there. That is a good thought, a good thought. I had one that I posted on Facebook this past week, and it's gotten a lot of response, and that is horse or human. We both need the right kind of love and attention to help us reach our full potential. So that is a that is a good thought as well. That mm-hmm. is a good thought as well. But anyway, we want to thank everybody for listening to the show today. Again, it's been a lot of fun. The show is available in an archive podcast immediately after the show ends, as well as another 500-plus shows uh, on our website at equestrianlegacy.net. And uh, and I would encourage folks to go back and find that November of 2014 show that we did with R.W. Hampton, uh, where we featured this cowboy the last cowboy his journey it was a great show and uh we we played the entire cd during that show so it it is it is a good one but anyway we want to thank everybody for joining us this week for the campfire cafe and for saddle of america be back with us again next thursday for the campfire cafe starting at noon followed by saddle up america and we remind you as we always do If you climb in the saddle, get ready for the ride on Equestrian Legacy Radio. We're going to close the show out today with a great song from Miss Junie Fisher. It's one called Fly Without Leaving the Ground, and we'll see you next week. Sometimes they were what got me through But hardship and heartache got to me Made me doubt all that I knew Then I spent my life dragging a shadow Wasted youth chasing a light Finally came back to what I needed most And everything's clear when I 
on your back When I let go and let you be a horse You give me the courage I lack It's a partnership old as the ages Ever changing who teaches who There have been some horsemen who've helped me But the teacher I've learned from is you Riding, I let it go by. 